tailgate. I'm Michael Scott. And I'm Byron Hazley. Welcome to the 54th episode of the podcast. That's right. We have a great show lined up for you guys today. B. Hayes, how's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? You know what? I'm doing all right. I've uh, been pumping out articles all day for websites. Ate a bucket of chicken earlier. Ew. And I'm trying to and I'm trying to stay warm. It's a little little chilly outside. Oh yeah, you know uh, this is one of my favorite times of year. Uh, love it when it gets a little brick, a little brisk at night. Just love that stuff, man. I love it. I love the fall season. I was talking to my wife about this earlier. Uh, yeah, I love this stuff, man. Love it. I I love it too. I mean. I continually am finding myself from Thursday through Monday night doing nothing but sitting at home and watching football, you know, and you throw that in with the NBA playoffs, and it's absolutely the most fantastic time of year. I don't care what anybody says about Christmas being the best time of year. It's definitely the fall for me. Well, let's be honest here. The the NBA finals taking place uh about to rev up here that's an added bonus that's usually not something that we're dealing with but having you know um having the nfl having college football having the baseball playoffs you know that's fall and just having the nba even more oh man i i don't know what to do man i seriously don't know what to do but i'm happy well, to be I here know, with I, you know. I know what to do Every single night I sit on the couch with my tablet and I go online and I go to mybookie.ag and I throw some money down. That's what I do to keep my nights interesting lately. Hey, well, don't be giving my bookie uh, free plugs here. They need to pay us. They are a podcast sponsor. So holler at your boys. Hey, first one's free. Next one they're going to have to pay for. Okay. All right. <laughs> So for all you guys listening out there, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. It's available on any major platform. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we'd love to get in touch with you via social media, answer any comments or questions that you might have. Um, also, make sure uh, you're responding to the chat box, anything we might drop in there, and sharing it with your friends below throughout the shows. Um share those live streams they usually come at you every every week on wednesday at 9 30 this week we're taking the live stream off we have a scheduling conflict but nevertheless here we are to bring you guys the podcast absolutely so with that said mike what do we have on today's show well byron it's pretty much the same stuff we have every week basketball football baseball and more football. Well, it's not uh, the same thing that we have every week. As a concept, as a whole, yes, we discuss those sports, but we absolutely discuss new topics each and every week. Absolutely. I'm just giving you a hard time and being a pain in the ass. We also have our weekly pickums. Stay tuned for those. They're absolutely fantastic. Byron's on a hot streak right now. But, yeah, so we we have a lot of topics here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things going on in the NBA uh, with some coaching changes. We're also going to talk about the Pac-12 returning to football. We're going to talk about last week's NFL spotlight games, and we're also going to talk about uh, a new development medically 
in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. So we got a lot to talk about today, Byron. Even the MLB playoffs are kicking off, so it's a lot. Let's, let's get it going, my man. I'm excited to jump in. Let's get it going, baby. Without further ado, here we go. So, Byron, Doc Rivers was ousted in L.A. just the other day. The coach and the Clippers mutually agreed to part ways. Reports are saying that this is more of an ownership-driven decision. Right. Do you think this bodes well for the Clippers in the near future? Uh, I guess it depends on who they hire, but I think um, as a whole, I believe that Doc had kind of wore out his welcome. My thought, and I think most people's thoughts and probably the front office thoughts, was it was a championship or bust year. I think last year they may have stripped Doc of his GM powers and they brought in a general manager, or maybe it was the year before that. But regardless, he had been stripped of those powers that he once had. And so since he wasn't getting it done as a coach, it was time to move on. That that team underperformed this year by not making it to the conference finals. And so in my opinion, it was time for them to kind of change courses and move on to something new. And I think it's something for Doc to move on to something new, too. You think about him in those early Lob City days, Doc was there. You know, he was there when those guys were thriving, bringing life into the arena because the Lakers were dead. Um, but to be honest with you, you know, it, it was time. It's time for him to move on. Uh, I know he's going to catch on somewhere else. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in at this point. No, I completely agree with you. This whole situation is very interesting. I know uh, there was questions surrounding, you know, some of the player personnel decisions that he would make throughout games. Uh, one and key was not playing Ivan Zubac in favor of Montrez Harrell, who, let's face it, I'm not sure what was going on with Montrez in the bubble, but he did not play very good. Uh, there were other things, obviously, like clashes at times with some of the uh, – star players and some decision-making that were rumored between, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And then really from the reports I've been seeing, Byron, it looked like it was a team divided. There was the old guard on the team, guys like Patrick Beverly, you know, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, who really had a problem with the way Doc Rivers handled um, bringing in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and how those players were treated. Um, as far as, you know, you saying it was championship or bust, I agree with you. But at the same time, my question really is, who are you going to find out there better than Doc Rivers at this point to lead a championship caliber team with this many egos? Let's face it. This guy was a head coach of the Boston Celtics, and he had to deal with players like Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Rajon Rondo while winning an NBA championship. This is no easy task for anybody. Let's be honest. No, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, it will be a challenge for them to find someone, but let's let's also think about Doc's record in, in decisive games, right? So decisive okay. game sevens, I think he has more losses than any coach in NBA history. So I think anyone that has more success in game sevens is a step up from Doc Rivers. And we'll, we'll ultimately see what happens. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of talent out there in L.A. with those Clippers. Definitely. And, you know, he, like you said, winning is a big part of it. I mean, Doc Rivers has 
an incredible resume. He's very respected throughout NBA circles. But at the same time, it's important to note that he's three and eight in series clinching games with the Clippers. Not very good. This is this narrative of the Clippers taking early postseason exits has been going on for quite some time now. And I think ultimately Steve Ballmer just grew tired of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Steve Ballmer, he's, he's not a guy with a lot of patience. You can just tell just based on um, what you see on television and interactions with that guy, different various interactions. So mm-hmm. um, not surprised with the move there. And it'll be interesting to see who they do find to fill that position. I think personally, I think it might be a good idea if he and Mike D'Antoni just swapped roles. He goes to Houston, Mike goes to L.A. They need more offense. They need more defense in a in a different point of view. So I don't know. See, I don't know because – I feel I feel like the Clippers they have plenty of offensive talent. The problem was that talent never really seemed to gel. They played a majority of the season with one guy or another sitting out of the lineup. You paid you you brought, you traded the future away for four four first round draft picks for Paul George, who was basically pedestrian in the playoffs, and Kawhi Leonard really wasn't at his very best throughout the entire postseason either. And I'm not putting this all on those players. Obviously, Doc Rivers plays a big role in getting them to gel, but those guys got to want to come together as well. And with the multiple dynamics and multiple personalities that are on that team, I think any coach that takes this job, it's going to be extremely difficult juggling those personalities and the demands of certain players. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to need a professional, someone that has dealt with multiple personalities and trying to get that team to gel together. Um, Obviously, Doc fell short of that, so you need a different voice in there, and they'll soon have that. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring Phil Jackson in. Phil ain't coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. They better do something because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both set to be free agents in 2021. They can opt out of their contracts. Yeah, potentially. And if they don't get this thing right, it wouldn't shock me to see those players move on, especially Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll see what happens. Um, I think you're more likely to see Paul George go than Kawhi, but uh, we'll ultimately see what happens. Let's uh let's switch up gears here, Byron. We're talking a little basketball. Let's move into uh the most recent football news, the biggest story of the day. Eight members of the Tennessee Titans uh football organization tested positive for COVID nineteen. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there were five personnel members, three players that tested positive uh, after their game with the Minnesota Vikings. They sent out a statement to the Vikings informing them of this. Uh, The Tennessee Titans have shut down their facility until Saturday, and the Minnesota Vikings have shut down their facility until they receive the results of the test from all of their players. They said that There was said to be 48 different contact tracings uh, based on those that tested positive. So I'm hoping that there is no more than the eight. Um, 
but that's kind of where we sit today. However, uh, later on in the afternoon, we did receive information from the NFL that they're planning to play the games for both the Titans and the Minnesota Vikings for this upcoming weekend. Um, and they may push the game to either Monday or Tuesday to afford the time uh, to afford the team's time to um, get ready for the games. Gotcha. So this this obviously is something, you know, that we want to keep an eye on because this is the first time um, teams have really dealt with this in season. And really, in my opinion, um, this is something that really brings the league back to square one, in my opinion, or hits home and makes these teams realize, hey, we're still dealing with the fallout of a pandemic because, you know, we've had football going on for a couple weeks now and everything's so good and everyone's dove in, you know, to the game action, the storylines, they've do- they've dived in to their bets, you know, and people have really forgotten, you know, that this is really going on, at least some people. And I, I guess so my question to you is, Byron, with the Minnesota Vikings also shutting down operations for the week, what type of effect do you expect this to have on the rest of the league? Yeah, so I I just want to correct you there. They haven't shut it down for the week. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have stated that they've shut down their facilities until they've received their tests. They don't currently have any positive tests, but they want to wait for all of the results. If everything comes back negative, they could be open again tomorrow. Um, but the impact on the league is that this is still a real situation, and you need to act and prepare accordingly. You know, this is still an infectious disease. They have protocols in place. You know, I read through some things. Um, You have to, if you test positive with symptoms, you have to be out 10 days. If you test positive without symptoms, you're out five days and you have to have two negative tests. So, I mean, there's just, there's, this is still a very real situation. You're seeing fans come into stadiums. So, People just have to realize the severity of the situation and really think about this. This is a business decision for those players, you know, take heed to their situation, be prepared and, you know, don't be going out to the club clubbing, man, stay home, stay smart, stay safe, man. We want to see you guys out there on Sundays. Definitely. You, you can't be too, you can't be too careful. Um, one thing, you know, that's important to note. This is definitely going to have an effect on fantasy football owners as well. Potentially. I mean, it depends on if there are games canceled at this point, they're planning, they are planning to play. Um, We've only got three players at this moment in time that have tested positive. And it depends on who those players are. If they're special teamers, that doesn't have an impact on fantasy football. But if you're talking about Ryan Tannehill, uh, Corey Davis, and Derrick Henry, yeah, absolutely. That will have an impact on fantasy football. And they'll just have to have the chips fall where they may. Hey, my man, let, let me let, let's see how well these teams do with the ab, the Tennessee Titans do with the absence of their long snapper during the game. OK, let's see how field goals go. Hey, I can go and snap for him for a week. I'll take that check. Hey, go go out there and get you some B. Hayes. Go out there and get you some. That's a nice game check. That's three hundred thousand. I, 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 
I wish I could get my hands on one of those right now. Let me tell you that. So the uh, the Pac-12 is returning to play in November. Uh, they're going to come back with a six-game season. Byron, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, to me, I think it's a little late. You know, but it's also interesting to note that the uh, bowl committee had come out and stated that there will be no minimum requirement to play in a bowl game. So that will afford the Pac-12 to get into bowl games this winter. So they'll be able to play the six games and then they'll be able to uh, more than likely play in a bowl game. So we may have more bowls than ever before this year, given the fact that there is no minimum requirement to make a bowl. Well, I'm not going to lie. That would be absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love bowl season. I absolutely love the college football playoff. Who knows? Maybe we might even get some expanded action. That's wishful thinking. But at the same time, I guess my question to you is, why do you think the Pac-12 all of a sudden – is deciding to do this. I know they're falling in line with what's happened with money. the big in recent weeks. You going straight to the money, huh? You think this I mean, has nothing to do with the athletes? Let's be honest here. I mean, it's going to affect recruiting. Same thing with the Big Ten. They're seeing teams out there participating without issue. People are being safe. They have the additional uh, medical supplies that they have requested and required. They've done research. They're seeing that people are able to do it. So they're, I mean, why miss out on those funds? You know, I recently read an article where the Michigan State AB, AD came out and said, Bill Beekman came out and said that they're going to break even now because they'll be playing the games this year. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a money incentive, man. Let, let me let me ask you this, because I, I completely agree with you, you know, on everything you're saying as far as, you know, why the Pac-12's return to play for only six games, which is basically going to start this winter. Do you think there is any type of regret among the representatives of the Pac-12 or the Big Ten that has been making these decisions that they didn't kick off the season when everyone else has? I don't think so, Mike. Uh, they'll receive their prorated sums. I don't think they necessarily have regret. Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I guess you, you could have some people that have regret. Maybe that's why they voted to change it, uh, just simply based on that. Like, man, we could be making this money. You see what the ACC is doing? You know, so maybe that is the case, Mike. I'm not sure. We, we know that we know that these decisions to postpone the seasons and then now start late have are gonna affect these teams financially how how do you think these teams might be affected as far as recruiting goes what are recruits thinking of teams within the big Ten and pac 12 right now you know that's that's a really interesting question and one that I would love to speak to a recruit about is what are your thoughts on schools that simply aren't playing like the Mac schools there. I think they just re, uh, changed course and they're going to play a six game season as well. Um, but for a long time there, they had sat pat saying that they weren't going to play even after the big 10 had changed course. Um, so, you know, I'd really like to get their aspect. Do they charge it just up to COVID or are they like, hey, no matter what, I know uh, Mississippi State or Alabama or Florida, they're going to try to find a way to get me on that field. 
I wonder if that's their mindset. You know, you got to think that there's a little bit of both out there, right? Right. So let me ask you this real quick, just before we transition here. If you were a recruit, where would you choose to go at this moment in time to play football? Oh, I'm going to play for Coach Tuck. What's up, Coach? Coach Tucker. Um, you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> if I was if I was to choose, I'd choose Oregon because I want all the sweet shoes, all the free Nike gear. I mean, it's obviously going to have to be from the big and tall, but they got plenty of guys on the team that are that size, so they'll know where to get it. Well, I mean, let's be honest here, Mike. Oregon's not the only school that gets that. I mean, you get sweet gear wherever you go. Yeah, but not every game. Well, you get new uniforms every game. They still have. It's not like they're getting new shoes every game. Listen, Byron, don't think for one second Oregon doesn't have the hookup. No, I mean, they do have. Nike founder Phil Knight is an alum. And, you know, they're looking fresh. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Speaking of looking fresh. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat are the two teams that are going to be clashing in the NBA Finals starting Wednesday. So I'm either going to have to rush this podcast out by tomorrow morning or this will be old news by the time this thing gets going. Absolutely. So we've got the Lakers, who Mike thought was going to get knocked out in the first round, mind you. Thanks for the steak dinner. Uh, Matching up against the Miami Heat, Jimmy Buckets. So we've got some great storylines headed here. LeBron's played, uh, well, he currently plays for the Lakers, but he's most recently, um, he's also played for the Miami Heat as well as the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we've got some great storylines here. He he brought a couple of championships to Miami. That's where he won his first championship. So I think it's going to be a great series. The matchups align really well, and uh, I'm really excited to see what happens here. I think this is going to have to be a LeBron takeover series in order for them to win it. So, Taking that into account, Byron, what is your actual prediction for this series? I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking taking the Lakers here. I'm taking the Lakers here five max six games, but I would have a better view after watching the first game. Um, Five games, five maybe six. I mean, every team, every team they've beat, it's been in five games. Are you kidding me? All you've been talking about for weeks is the Miami Heat. You've had me out here turning into a believer. I'm, I'm throwing money on every single game the Heat play, and now you're switching up on me? You're switching up on me when we get to the NBA Finals? Well, they've got the X Factor. They've got the best player in the world. They've got LeBron James, and they've like got starting, Anthony Davis. It seems to me like you're trying to bait me into another steak dinner bet. Hey. I'm always down. I'm always <laughs> down. You make your call, Mike. Make your I'm making call. my call. I'm taking, I'm taking the Miami Heat, and I'm taking them in seven games. This thing's going down to the wire. The Miami Heat got plenty of guys in the organization that have been there before. From the top down, you got Pat Riley. You got Eric Spolstra. Hell, you get it. You get onto the players' roster. You even got Andre Iguodala, who's going to definitely be stepping up 
in this series. You got Udonis Haslam jumping all over the place on the sidelines. I mean, it's not like this Miami team, Heat team, isn't ready to step up in this moment. For a player like Jimmy Butler, who always gives it 110%, it almost seems like destiny that now he's on the pinnacle of professional basketball and he's going to be taking on LeBron James and perhaps even matching up defensively. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't think he's going to match up with them the entire game entire game because they're going to need his offensive firepower because I know they they like to say that it runs through Bam Adebayo, but it really doesn't. Jimmy Butler is what makes that team go. I know he and LeBron have had some epic battles back in the day in the postseason, and Jimmy Butler even said himself after they claimed the Eastern Conference title that um, – all NBA championships run through LeBron James. At some point, if you want to win a championship, you got to go through LeBron James. Um, exactly. I think that's exactly why Jimmy Butler is going to go through LeBron James, Byron. This is yes. his time to shine. LeBron's had his time. Okay. He's had his time. He's done his thing. Some of us have had enough. We want to see a new star rise. Last year, we had Kawhi Leonard. This year, it's going to be Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. The list goes on and on and on. But let me ask you this, Byron. Who are some of your impact players to watch in this series? Yeah, so I think Tyler Hero is a huge impact player. Um, and Duncan Robinson, because those guys are going to have to consistently knock down contested three-point shots, or if they get an open shot, they're going to have to knock it down. If they're not able to hit from three, it's going to be a rough series for Miami. So I think those are two impact players that have to show up to the NBA Finals. I also think the foul situation with Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis is going to be one to watch. Um, with Anthony Davis, he's consistently gotten his opponents in foul trouble, gotten himself to the line, and I don't think this series will be much different. I think they're going to try to run things through Anthony Davis, get Bam out of the game so that it's Kelly Olenek on Anthony Davis. And if that happens, then you've got, you're talking about potentially Anthony Davis being the MVP. Um, but at the end of the day, listen, 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 slow, slow down here. If they get Bam out of bio out of the game and they put in Kelly Olenek, there's a good chance that Anthony Davis might be leaving a game with a bloody lip a time or two. Because Kelly Olenek likes to throw those elbows down low. Yeah, but then Kelly will be gone for a couple of games. The rest aren't playing in the finals. Um, but I really like I, – I really think it's going to be a very interesting matchup between LeBron and Jimmy Butler. That's one to watch. Those guys are going to grind and – They've actually got a couple of guys that they can throw at him because they've got Iggy, even though he's notoriously busted Andre Iguodala's ass. Um, you've still got Iggy. You've got LeBron out there facing up with Jimmy Butler. So they're just going to continue to throw guys at him and see what sticks. And you also have Spolstra, who's coached LeBron, seen some of his weaknesses, gone against him for years. So, I mean, there's so many storylines here, and I'm so excited to see this thing kick off Wednesday night. 
Well, well, I really appreciate you saving some of those for me. Now, the one I want to focus on, the one, the one I want to focus on is Bam Adebayo because he clogs the lane. He's very good defensively, and let's face it, we've all seen within the past week or two how LeBron's refocus on actually driving the lane because he hasn't been shooting very well. He even reached out to the NBA to complain that he wasn't getting you know, enough foul calls, same thing, Anthony yeah. Davis. Anthony Davis is absolutely mo absolutely a monster, and he's got a very difficult inside game, and at the same time, he's got a very difficult outside game. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he affects this series. Like you said, he could end up in foul trouble, or he could play a big role in forcing the Lakers to shoot from the outside, which, let's face it, they haven't been extremely consistent throughout this postseason. Now, another X factor that I'd like to focus on for the Los Angeles Lakers is the type of impact Rajon Rondo is going to have on the game, considering the fact he's been to the finals before. And when he was there with the Celtics, it was definitely uh, a series where he stepped up and played absolutely incredible, both offensively and defensively, and helping win an NBA championship. How do you think he might fare in this series, Byron? You know, he's going to have to come in at times and be a defensive stopper. As you know, um, Goran Dragic, he is a, I mean, he's a bucket, man. He's been getting buckets since he's been in the bubble. So Rajon Rondo is going to have to come in and be that defensive stopper. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a nice series for Danny Green. All he's going to have to do is chase around series or chase around shooters. He's not going to have to deal with a guy that's trying to take him off the dribble the entire time. So I think he'll be a little bit happy about that. Um, Who's going to be your finals X Factor or MVP? So your X Factor for me, like I'm going to go with the Anabayu. Anthony Davis matchup, and then my MVPs, it's going to be either Butler or, or Braun, one of those two. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Davis goes nuts in this series. He, he'd be my dark horse for the MVP, but I'd be surprised if they went in. LeBron's not the MVP because that guy's notorious for stepping it up in the finals. My, my X factor for the series is probably going to be either A, Andre Iguodala, It'll be interesting to see what type of impact he has on the series from a defensive standpoint, as we know he's drawn that LeBron James assignment before. Or the other guy I'm really interested in as being an X factor is Tyler Hero, because at the end of the day, it'll be interesting to see who L.A. wants to match up against him. And if he gets hot, we all saw what he did at the end of last series where he's capable of going for 30 to 40 plus points a night. Yeah, I don't know about 40, but 30, yes. <laughs> Just you wait. These players, they they, they play the biggest so, on the moment the biggest. So, so before we segue to the next topic here, let me ask you this. Are we betting a steak dinner here, Lakers versus Heat, NBA well, Finals? What's the uh, what's the tally out for steak dinners owed at this point? I owe you one, one for well, three to zero. I paid mine. Three? Where do you get three from? I thought I had two. No, I, didn't I recently win one? I could have swore yeah, I, I feel, did. I feel like you keep adding steak dinners onto my tally. I know, I know for a fact it's it's at a minimum two. So I, I know, know it's I believe two. I believe I that too. I don't I gotta believe check. that. It might three. be three. I thought we had a, well, a, a, a something. Well, 
well, until we figure it out, we're going to put a hold on another steak dinner because I'm Actually, not going to be out. You know what? I remembered. That's why I said three. I remembered you and I had a steak dinner bet last year during the season that the Chiefs wouldn't win the Super Bowl. And I took the Chiefs against the field. And you, being the Mahomes hater that you are, took the field. I don't know. We'll have to go back yeah. and take a look and see because I'm not, I'm not confident in that. Uh, I know in investigative finding. Remember, I sent you that picture with me with the Mahomes we're spending, jersey on. We're spending, we're spending too much time on the stage. Anyways, let me, let me ask you one more question. Are we making a bet or not? I told you I'm not betting a steak dinner until I know how many I owe. Oh, my God. Come on, Mike. Your slate's you clean. No, it's not. I st- no, it's not. Don't even no, start. No, I mean, from my, from my behalf. So I've paid my, my half of it. Nothing's owed from my end. You're right. I owe you. You owe me. My yeah, steak. I'm I'm bringing the steaks to your house next My time problem. and some brown and some brownies. So <laughs> what? Oh, and you gotta let me know what night Lord is home. I was thinking about having some brownies sent to you guys from the Jets Pizza and Romeo, oh, but man. we'll talk about that at the post show. So real quick, we we got a transition here, but real quick before yeah. that, I just want to ask you a question: What type of impact will these final have on LeBron James legacy? I mean, he's got to win it. He's got to win it. This is his 10th finals. He's lost six, won three. He has to win this one. Got to. I completely agree with you. LeBron James does have to win this. And for some strange reason, I feel like it's just not going to happen. Maybe it's that I don't want it to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, I just feel like every once in a while, there's a certain few teams that come along, you know, and they're teams of destiny. One of them was the Detroit Pistons back in the day. One of them was the Dallas Mavericks against the Miami Heat one year. Last year, maybe the Toronto Raptors, you know, and this year at the Miami Heat. I think, honestly, Miami has a very, very, very good basketball team. They're well-rounded. They can beat you from a multitude of ways. And I think some of the Lakers' weaknesses are going to be exposed during this series. Then put a steak dinner on it. <laughs> Did we lose you, Mike? Did the internet go out? I think Mike's internet may have gone out here, folks. We'll give Mike a second here. I don't want to leave you with open air time right now. Um, For those of you tuning in, please subscribe to the podcast on any major platform. Uh, You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Leave comments and questions for us, and we're happy to respond. You can reach out to us at the Front Porch Tailgate Podcast at gmail.com. 
we respond, we read it ourselves, we will respond, we may even read it on air. If you have a take that you'd like to make, you know, if you want to get on the show, you want to mix it up with Mike and I, feel free to reach out to us, uh, email us, send us a message on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, uh, subscribe to uh, the Front Porch Tailgate page on Facebook, send us a message there. We're all over, we're available, and we'd love to have you on. Um, so with that said, I'm going to pivot here into the NFL spotlights. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened in week three, starting with Thursday night. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were upset by the Miami Dolphins. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick did some Fitz things uh, before the game. He and Gardner Minshew had a bit of back and forth with uh, the talk of the beard versus the mustache, and they had a little bit of fun of it. I wish Minshew would have spent a little bit more time in the playbook because once he found out that his top receiver was not there, he was at a loss, and he was never able to get anything going Um from the get-go, the Miami Dolphins came out and they took hold of that game and never let go. So it was interesting to see that because the Jaguars were expected to win that game. Uh, they had been playing well leading into that part of the season. Um, obviously, it's game three, so what do we know? But uh, Gardner Minshew had thrown for 300 yards in two consecutive games, and I think he threw for 100 or so yards in that game. Um, on the other end, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had struggled in the first two games, and then now you've got him blowing up for the Miami Dolphins. I think he threw for three or four touchdown passes in that game, and they just had themselves a day. Uh, um, so pivoting from the Dolphin Jaguars game to the Sunday night special. So you've got the Green Bay Packers versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that was a heck of a football game. We saw some electrifying plays made by Alvin Kamara and even the Saints center. I think he was tracked at going over 16 miles per hour by the StatCast system, Amazon StatCast system, where they uh, had that center running down the field to lead block for Alvin Kamara at 60 miles an hour, where Kamara topped out on that play at 15 miles an hour. I think he ran for a 50-yard touchdown on that play, so it was really great and uh, a really back-and-forth game. The Packers kind of took it to the Saints, and the Saints came back, responded, and um, Aaron Rodgers, man, he's really surprised me this year. I can't tell you this i thought after last season they really forced him to check down uh check down his passes check back uh roll back some of the um what would you call it where he's improvisation some of the improvising that he does he really kind of stepped back from that and he stepped into that full role of being more or less a game manager. Whereas this year, it seems like we're back to the old Aaron Rodgers of old. He's slinging the ball all over the place. Devontae Adams is not on the field. This guy's still thrown for 300 plus, three TDs, having a great game. Aaron Jones, last year he led all of running backs, and I think he may have led all of the NFL outside of quarterbacks in touchdowns. He had 21, and it doesn't look like he's skipping a beat this year. He's bouncing 
bounce back. I think he has five through three games. He lit up the Detroit Lions for, I believe, three or four touchdowns, and he scored one last uh, on Sunday night against the Saints. Um, Green Bay ultimately came out victorious, so that was awesome to see. It was like I said, it was a great back and forth game, and it was down in New Orleans. And surprisingly, the Saints had 700 people in the stands, uh, family family members only of the players, but they did allow fans in the stands. They said they were testing their COVID protocols with allowing for the fans to be allowed into that arena. So very interesting to see, seeing some fans, hearing some fan noise, but that did not affect Aaron Rodgers' ability to get that um, to get that snap count and draw a couple of offside penalties. So Green Bay exits New Orleans victorious, heading back three and zero, heading into Week Four. Um, to wrap up the Week Three games, we had a phenomenal, what I would call a phenomenal. Monday night game. So we had the Kansas City Chiefs. They dominated the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Mahomes had himself a day. I believe he threw for almost 400 yards. He had three three passing touchdowns, one rushing. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he had 97 yards passing, I think. Um, he fumbled a ball. He never really got himself open, uh, never really got himself going. And this is something that I've continuously stated with Mike, um, that this is just ultimately a bad matchup for the Ravens. Uh, when Lamar Jackson has four career regular season losses, three of those are to the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, that's not a thing about um, – it's not a mental thing to me. It's a it's a matchup thing. So the Chiefs, they're a team that can score really fast. They can score fast, and that does not bode well into what Baltimore wants to do. So the Chiefs came out, punched them in the face. Well, let me digress here. Baltimore came out, ran the ball right down their throat, throat got stuffed in the red zone, ended up kicking a field goal. Chiefs come out, boom, score. Get the ball again, boom, score. So now you're talking about a 14-3 to game or 13-3 to because they missed a field goal. Um, and the Chiefs never looked back. They just continued to grind that game out, took care of business, and they ultimately exited um, Monday night's game victorious. Like I said, a phenomenal game for Patrick Mahomes, a great game for um, Tyreek Hill. He had a nice, he had himself a nice game and uh, just a great game for the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. Um, I think it's going to be a bit. I know some people, I had seen them posting that the Baltimore Ravens sucked, but um, I completely disagree with that take. I think the Ravens are a team that they just have a, an issue with the Chiefs. Some matchups just don't bode well for you. And I think the Baltimore Ravens will more than likely end up with the number two seed in the AFC. They'll be having a bye, and they'll be hosting uh, multiple playoff games, at least, well, well, would it be only one, I guess, if they win, then they would travel um, unless someone knocked off the Chiefs. So, um, yeah, just a great week of NFL football, really exciting stuff. Um, again, I'll bring up, we're still waiting on Mike. I'm not really sure what happened to him. Like I said, I believe his internet 
ran out. He was having some internet issues before we started the show. As you know, we live in a world of quarantine and social distancing. So Mike and I are still hosting the show separately from our own uh, homes. And so that's why you see us a lot of times. Oh, it looks like we're getting Mike back on. <laughs> so, Mike, it looks like you got your internet back up and running. Uh, I ran through the NFL rewind. And so it looks like we're going to pivot into MLB action. So, welcome back, Mike. Let's talk a little bit about the MLB postseason preview. Um, what are your before thoughts we, on the teams? Before, before, before we dive into that. How what how was it uh for that ten minutes where you got to stand on the soapbox? <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not thanks for yeah, thanks for holding it down. Uh just want to touch real briefly, real quick. Uh I don't even think the Jacksonville Jaguars Miami Dolphins game is worth talking about. Uh just wanted to point out that I chose Green Bay to beat New Orleans. So thank you for giving me the one up on the picks and then watching that Kansas city chiefs game last night, I went to bed thinking I lost by a half point. Cause you remember I took the 54 and I took the yes. over. Well, when it said the line changed on me, I didn't realize it, but whoever took my, took my bid uh, from my bookie, obviously gave me 53 and a half the where the line had moved to. So I woke up with some winnings in that deal as well. So, so it's been a it's been a lucky week for me. Just not lucky for my internet today. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, it is what it is. You you fall down, you pick yourself back up again. So let's dive into a little bit of postseason baseball here, Mike. Let's talk about our teams to watch as we enter into these games. So who is your team to watch? Let's talk one AL, one NL. Who who are you looking out for? The team, the team in the NL that I'm really interested in seeing how exactly how far they can go are the San Diego Padres. You know, been a very good team that broke out this year. They got a lot of young, talented players. Now it'll be interesting to see if they can translate that success from regular season into the postseason. Um, as far as the AL goes, I really have my eye on the chicago white Sox. i think they hit the crap out of the ball as well and they've also recently found uh, some very good young pitching and i definitely have my eye on the tampa bay rays i've uh liked the rays for many years and i think they've been defying the odds from a payroll standpoint for a majority of this decade you know and a little bit before and i hope that maybe this is the year that they can finally get over the hump Interesting. Yeah, I like the White Sox myself as well. And the NL, um, the team that I'm really interested in seeing is um, the Chicago Cubs. So I've, I've liked the Cubs. I used to really like the Cubs until I moved to Chicago. And then you have to deal with real Cubs fans, and no one really likes that. Although it is a heck of a party, if they ever start allowing fans back into Wrigleyville and you guys want to party, go to Wrigleyville for one of their noon baseball games. Um, That's where we went for your bachelor party, one of the rooftop games. 
Absolutely. We were in the rooftop, but I'm talking about in the stadium. It's a riot, man. It's a, it's a great thing, but their fans themselves, the natural fans that aren't at every game, those people are delusional. Um, but nonetheless, the Cubbies, I'm interested to see what happens with those guys. I know that uh, you've been one to say that they're basically done. I'm interested to see if they still got a little bit of magic in them with David Ross. Um, so they'll be a team that I'm watching. And then in the AL, I like the New York Yankees. It seems like they finally got a healthy roster since July. They haven't had really Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton in their roster on a day-to-day basis. And Aaron Judge came out and uh, hit a bomb in his first A-B of the playoffs this year. So I'm really excited to see what happens with those Yankees. Mike, did we lose you again? I still see you, but you are frozen. This internet is getting ridiculous. I don't know. I okay. don't know if there's been guys out here grading out the ground for the past few days with bulldozers and things like that. I don't know if they. Oh, I lost you again, Mike. It seems like Mike's having, we're dealing with some technical difficulties here. So I'll just take a quick break here and say subscribe to the podcast um, where you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Hit, Mike, hit like a cable box or some wires or wires. Oh, Mike, you're Bye. back. Bye. Oh, we lost you again. Yep, so we just lost Mike again. Let's see if he's back. Looks like we might have him back on screen here. Mike, are you back? Are you with us? Yes, yes, I'm back. So I was saying I think something's yeah. been hit. Or maybe it has to do something with the cold weather, but it's not looking good, Byron. <laughs> one team one team I wanted to uh, bring up that I forgot about, um, very good pitching staff, and they, have a, they can really hit the ball and they play in a band box the cincinnati reds look for them to make some noise in these playoffs yeah no absolutely they can hit the ball they had they got a little cold down the stretch there but uh yeah very excited very excited for some mlb postseason baseball so who is your al and nl picks mike my AL pick is the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and my NL pick would probably have to be the uh, LA Dodgers. Interesting. Okay. So for me, I'm going to go, I really like the Yankees coming out of that five spot, pulling the upset on the Rays, um, and I think they will ultimately make it to the series, and I think they will face off against the L.A. Dodgers. I think the Dodgers will make it. Um, I don't think the Atlanta Braves have the pitching to get themselves there. They may make it to the um, – to the to the championship, the conference championship, 
but I don't think they will make it to the series. So I like the Dodgers versus the Yankees in the World Series, coast to coast. Gotcha. Well, the good news is, Byron, if the internet goes out again, I have my hotspot running, so I'll be able to switch over. Not sure how well that'll go. Oh, Mike, I think you froze on us again. Are you still with us? Can you hear us? Looks like Mike's still struggling with some uh, technical difficulties, so I'll give us a little plug here. Subscribe to the podcast on any major prop. Uh, platform. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach me at bhays 2 You can reach Mike at Mike 5 o'clock. Um, you can email us at the front porch tailgate podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will review it. We'll respond. We'll send you um, We'll respond to your email, or we may read it live on air and have a take. If you have a personal take and you want to get on the show, feel free to reach out to us. Um, You can reach out to us on any social media platform. You can reach out to us via email. You can text us, call us. If you have our number, feel free. We'd love to have you on if you've got a take. Um, In addition to that, Always subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on any major platform. Uh, we appreciate feedback. The way you, when you get feedback, you get comments. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Mike and I have been doing this now for over a year. We, this is something that we truly enjoy and something that we've continued to get better at. This is something that we used to run a three-hour show at, and now we've gotten it down to an hour, and it may be shorter with Mike not on the podcast. Um, So with that said, I don't want to roll into the picks. um, So I will talk about the Angels firing their general manager, Billy Roller, after five straight losing seasons. So to me, they are wasting the prime of Mike Trout. Mike Trout has been to one playoff in, I believe, either nine or ten years in the MLB, which is an absolute disgrace uh, to the sport of baseball. Just the simple fact that your best player cannot make it to the postseason. It's an unfortunate thing, especially this year when they expanded the playoffs to eight teams, meaning half of each um, each division or half of each half of the AL, half of the NL made it to the postseason and they still couldn't make it. So um, there's been rumors that Dave Dombrowski is the replacement. Now that's one thing that Dave Dombrowski has a track record of being able to do is getting teams to the postseason and having them competitive in the postseason. Now one thing that he would have working against them is that the Angels already have a bad farm system. Dave Dombrowski is known for depleting farm systems. So just knowing that he's walking into a bad farm system tells you that they may not be able to move the pieces that he normally would be able to in order to make that team top notch. But as long as they're willing to open their wallets in LA, I think they'll have an opportunity there with Dave Dombrowski at the helm if he is the man that takes over. And it looks like we have Mike back. Mike, welcome back. Happy to have you back on. Are you on the hotspot? 
I am on the hot spot, Byron. I hopefully this will suffice for now. I'm extremely upset. I'm not able well, to contribute the way I normally what, do. What does Taylor Swift say? Shake it off, shake it off. Ooh. Oh my God! Don't don't ever sing that song again. <laughs> I don't, it's. I mean, I like the song, but it's much better coming from her. You know, I I don't know if you're necessarily the guy to be, you know, shaking it off, shaking it off. And the hate going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we just gained a lot of fans. We're going to tag Taylor. We're going to tag Taylor Swift in this week's podcast. May as well. Why not? All right, so let's move into the college football power rankings. I know we're running a little long in Duke, um, so let's get into those, and then we'll roll into the peaks and wrap this. Roll into the picks and then wrap this show up. So, what are your power rankings for this week, Mike? Well, Byron, until they play a game, Ohio State's still going to come in at number five. Um, Oklahoma lost this past weekend. So they're dropping, they're dropping out. I'm moving Florida back into my rankings at number four. At number three, who else did I have in there, Byron? Do you remember? Bama, Texas. Texas. I had Texas. I had Texas at number three. You know, Texas didn't play the greatest this past weekend, but let me tell you, that team can put up a hell of a lot of points. And I'm going to keep them there until they lose a football game. I really like Sam Ellinger. He's right now one of the top five players being considered for the early Heisman Trophy predictions. Obviously, at number two, we're going to have to go with Alabama until they prove us wrong in Clemson at number one. But let me be honest with you, Byron. In my opinion, from what I've seen so far, there's really no clear-cut favorite. I think this is going to be another year where this thing is wide open unless Ohio State's got some marvelous team that's going to hit the field and shock us when they finally take the playing field here. Yeah, I mean, that's why they've got the four-team playoffs because you never know who's going to be the top dog, right? So um, I'll go through my top five. So I've got Alabama still at one. I've got Clemson at two. I like those Gators, Florida at three. Um, I've got Ohio State in there. That's my fourth team. And then fifth, I've got to change, Mike. I'm moving Miami into my top five. I've seen enough. Nice. I've seen enough. I'm moving Miami into the top five. I like those guys. I, I really, I really considered moving them into my top five as well, but they're coming in at number six for me because Ohio State. Obviously, I think they deserve to be there, and until they play a game, they should not move at all, which is going to be frustrating for the next couple of weeks when teams start winning, and I think they should move up, but also gives them the opportunity to jump from six to four in the event some of those top-tier teams lose. Now, I really liked what I saw last weekend out of Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss in their debut uh, playing against the Florida Gators. I don't think they have a very good defense, but offensively, it's definitely going to be a team that's capable of upsend, upsetting um, some teams that are on the fringe defensively. And keep an eye out for Mississippi State as well under Mike Leach to spoil a lot of people's season in the SEC. They've already done it for LSU. 
Absolutely. They knocked off your boys, Mike. Guy broke Joe Burrow's record, SEC record for single-game passing. He passed for 637 yards, so that was a long-standing record for Joe Burrow. Snapped. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that that happened. I mean, anybody who knows Mike Leach knows this guy is a passing guru, and if not for the fact that he's pretty much a weirdo, he might be a head coach at one of the premier college football programs in the country. You know, and when I say premier, I'm talking about teams like USC, Ohio State, you know, Florida's, your Alabama's, your Clemson's, you know, he might be already at a major program, if not for some of the mishaps he's had along the way in his coaching career. Yeah, potentially. I don't know. He still can't seem to coach up a defense, but uh, he did manage to do enough to pull off that upset against LSU. That's okay. That's okay. We're going to find out this season whether or not that defense that wins championships in the SEC is really the real deal. I mean, you have Mike Leach who's shown already he's capable of coming out and beating a ranked opponent. Outscoring teams. Outscoring them. Yeah. I mean, who knows? This might be a problem for everybody involved in the SEC. And we're going to find out what really gets these people going. Let's be honest. Because if Mississippi State goes on on a run this year, it's going to be exciting for college football. And it's going to be exciting for the SEC. Absolutely. So with that said, Mike, let's roll into the picks for this week. You want to jump into the picks? Absolutely. So at this point, um, Mike's two games up. He's He's got 12 and a half victories. The half victory is a push. So I give us a half a point for a push. And we had one of those last week. So he's got 12 and a half victories. I have 10 and a half. Which game did we have a push on? Um, I would have to look it up. It was the Pittsburgh game. They were minus three. They won by three. So, oh, so we got a tie. Yeah, so that's yeah. a push. Um, so we get a half a point there. Um, now, when it comes to the lock of the week, and we'll get into that, but when it comes to the lock of the week, I did pick up both of those victories last week. So I am now four. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. We'll give you your moment. I want to talk about my 50% conversion rate and the fact that I went on this huge gambling spree last weekend when I started winning the early games on Saturday, playing with the house money. I think from Thursday or Saturday morning till Monday night, I went like 15 and three maybe 15 and four on all the games I bet. It's absolutely fantastic. I might start throwing down a lock of the week again. Can't wait. Can't wait, Mike. I'd <laughs> love to get you back in the fold. But back to your stats on the lock of the week, Byron. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah, so lock of the week, I locked up two more W's. I'm four for four on the year. I'm hitting that 100% clip. Dating back to last year, I might be near 90% at this point. I mean, so when we get to the lock of the week this week, uh, just tune in, take heed, and uh, if you want to throw down a little change, you know, 
hey, more power to you. But let's get into the picks for this week, Mike. Give me one second. Let me pull up my spreadsheet, and we can jump right into these picks for this week. For those of you guys listening out there, I just want you to know that you should definitely pay attention to Byron's lock of the week. For his career, I know he's built. I believe he's now converting at over 90%, which is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump into our first game of the week here, Mike. I know you were talking about the Texas Longhorns. They pulled off a miraculous victory last week against the Texas Tech Raiders. Um, So they're hosting TCU this week. They're number nine team in the country, and they're minus 13. Who are you taking in this game? You know what, Byron? This is going to be another offensive shootout. Um, TCU beat Iowa State last week, I believe, by a score of 34 to 31. Uh, What that basically tells me is that both of these teams can't do anything on defense. It's going to be another close game. I'm going to take TCU plus the 13. I'm right there with you, Mike. I'm taking TCU in those points. Uh, Texas was, they were getting drubbed by Texas Tech. I think they were down two scores with around three minutes to go in that game, and Texas Tech pissed that game away. Um, Mm. But regardless, I'm taking the points, taking the smart money, and moving on. So let's move to the next game of the week. We've got the number um, number 13 Texas A&M Aggies traveling to take on the number two Alabama rolling tide. Alabama is minus 16 and a half. Mike, who are you taking? Well, Byron, being completely honest, the smart pick would be to take Bama minus 16 and a half. But then I got to thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Because Bama didn't even cover the spread last week against Missouri, right? And I was like, okay, I'm starting to have my doubts. Well, then I went over and took a look at what Texas A&M did last week, and let me tell you, it was an absolute travesty. They beat Vanderbilt by a score of 17 to 13. So then, obviously, thinking clearly, doing my due diligence, and covering all my bases, I decided that I am going to go over and put my money on Bama minus 16 and a half this week because there's no way they don't cover the spread two weeks in a row. Absolutely, and you notice that the spread shrunk last week. The spread was 27 uh, on the road, so they were minus 27 on the road at Missouri. Uh, This week, they are at home taking on Texas A&M, home opener. I'm taking – I'm giving those points. Give me Bama minus the 16 and a half. I I believe Texas A&M is – like one in seven or one in eight against Bama in their last seven, you know, eight or nine games. Um, Texas A&M, let's be completely honest. This is a team that probably shouldn't even be in the SEC. They haven't had a shot of beating Alabama since Johnny Manziel was back there in like, I believe 2011, you know, so 2012, maybe it's been a while. Yep. Johnny Manziel and big Mike Evans, big Mike Evans. We like Big Mike. We like Big Mike. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we made those picks. Let's move on to our last college football game of the week. We're going back to the SEC. Well, we've got number seven, Auburn, traveling to take on number four, Georgia. Georgia is minus six and a half. Mike, who are you taking? Byron, who do you think I'm taking? 
I think you're taking Bo Nix, um, but I'll let you explain. I'm taking Auburn. I'm taking this Auburn defense. They've pulled out a handful of close rivalry games within the conference, including a big win over Florida last season. Um, One of the main issues in the Auburn-Georgia series in recent seasons past has been um, subpar quarterback play. And now that Auburn has a returning quarterback who got a lot of experience last year and is capable of putting some points on the board, I fully expect Auburn to give uh, the Georgia Bulldogs all they can handle. They may have very well bitten off more than they can chew this year. I'm taking the six and a half points. I'm going with the Tigers. I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I was tempted at first to take um, to take Georgia. You know, I like the Bulldogs. Of course you were. You're traditionally a Bulldog lover. Yeah, but um, I'm kind of leaning towards going with the smart money, going with Bo Nix. He came out last week, had a great game. Um I'm really torn on this game. Six and a half is a touchdown. You know what? Screw it. Give me the Georgia Bulldogs. My oh assistant. no, my God. You make you make me want to puke. You make me want to puke. Oh my goodness. You do you do you do realize that Auburn traditionally plays very, very well in interconference rivalry games. They always play Bama tough. They play Georgia tough. They play Florida tough. Hell, they'll play Missouri tough. They'll play anybody tough. Absolutely. They're typically a very good team, Um, but so is Georgia. So I'm going to take them minus the six and a half. So let's keep keep counting on Georgia. Keep watching that conversion rate drop. I'm going six and a half with Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's move into a few of our NFL games. So we've got the Saints minus four versus the Lions. Are you back on the Kool-Aid now that Patricia has won a game? Byron, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not getting back on this Kool-Aid until Matt Patricia's fired as head coach of this football team. Now, the Lions are entering a stretch of their schedule where they're very capable of going on a little bit of a run here, and it all starts with this weekend at Ford Field and whether or not they make Drew Brees look like the Drew Brees of old because lately he's been looking pretty piss poor. And Elvin Kamara, oh, my goodness, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch him on uh, Sunday Night Football, but he's absolutely incredible. If not for him, the Saints may very well be 0-3 right now. So without further ado, with that being said, I think the Lions are going to make Drew Brees look like a hero this week. I'm going to take the Saints on the road minus four because I think what this matchup is going to boil down to Byron is coaching what you had last week was inexperienced coaching at the professional level against inexperienced coaching at the professional level and and now that Matt Patricia's seat has cooled a little he's definitely going to get a little cocky again and I think Sean Payton is going to absolutely school this dude and out scheme the Detroit Lions this weekend I'm right there with you, Mike. I'm I'm going with the Saints minus the four. You know, Detroit, you fooled me so many times in my life. It's past 
fool me twice. It's fooled me 2,000 times, 200 times. Who knows how many games I've watched and moaned afterwards. So I'm taking the Saints minus the four. I think can't guard Mike Thomas is coming back this week. So he's going to show up to Ford Field and show the people some real Big Ten love. Um, I mean, let's be completely honest. Let's be completely honest, Byron. The Lions beat the Cardinals last week on a last-second field goal. Matt Prater kicked four field goals during that game because the offense couldn't convert, and Kyler Murray threw three interceptions, basically giving away the game. You know, anybody who thinks that Drew Brees is going to go out there and throw three interceptions is absolutely out of their mind. This one, in my opinion, might not even be close. It's very possible, although they have not put up a lot of points without Michael Thomas or a lot of points in general this year. So we'll ultimately see how they fare coming to they've Detroit. Also, but I like them to cover the pretty four. respectable football teams. They've played the Tampa Bay Bucks. They've played the Green Bay Packers. And I can't remember who they played in week two. But let's be honest. The Saints are definitely, even though they're not playing well, in a different class other than the Detroit Lions. So they lost to the Raiders by 10 points. So I wouldn't say that uh, the Raiders are top class, but um, I get your point. I, I so think the Raiders are a good enough football team. So, yeah, so let's move on here. Uh, John Gruden does have those guys playing some good football. Let's talk Colts minus two and a half versus the Chicago Bears and their new starting quarterback, Nick Foles. Uh, who do you have here, Mike? Byron, until the Bears lose a game and prove me wrong, I'm going with the Bears. They're at home at Soldier Field. They got Big Dick Nick out there running the offense. Now he came in through three touchdowns last weekend to win the football game. They're getting two and a half points. I'm taking it. Until you prove me wrong, I see no reason to go bet on the Indianapolis Colts. They weren't that impressive in the game last week against the New York Jets. There was two pick sixes during that game for the Colts. Phillip Rivers, let's be honest, even though he's still out there trekking along, is over the hill, and they're not that great of a football team. I'm taking Bears, plus two and a half. I hear you. Team's getting getting points at home. You can't turn your back on that. You have to take heed to that and jump all over it. So I'm right there with you, Mike. Just the simple fact that they're 3-0 and and they're – uh, getting points, but you also have to take fact that the Bears won on a last second play to the Lions, and they also won on a last second play well, not a last second play, but a late game's heroic play by um, by Nick Foles and I believe Allen Robinson or whoever it was. But they also won against Atlanta late in the game, so um. You do have to take heed to that as well, and I think that's why Vegas is favoring the Colts minus the two and a half. But I do like the Bears to cover that, so give me the plus two, uh, plus two and a half. Absolutely. So we've got two more games here before we roll into our lock of the week. Let's talk about the hard luck losers from Monday night's game. We've got the Ravens minus thirteen versus the Washington Football Team. Who are you? taking Mike Byron don't let Monday night deter you from the fact that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are a very good football team okay it's just a simple fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are in a class of their own 
I'm taking the Ravens minus 13. If, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Washington football team play last weekend. It was absolutely terrible. Dwayne Haskins looked awful. And Chase Young, who's basically the heart and soul of that defense at this point, might not even be playing in the game. So I'm going with the Ravens minus 13, no question. Absolutely. I think uh, Lamar and the rest of the Ravens are going to come out pissed this week. Uh, they said Dwayne Haskins had a bad week this past Sunday. I hate to hear what they're going to have to say after this Sunday. I'd like the Ravens to cover that 13 and a half. I think they're going to get out early and get up often on them. Um, Ravens minus 13. So let's move into our last NFL game. So we've got the Patriots, Cam Newton, traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus seven. Uh, Mike, who do you have? Byron, I'm taking the Chiefs minus seven. If you got to, if you got to watch the game last night, Andy Reid is out there also with Patrick Mahomes on a level of his own. The play calling that he was throwing down and the just the routes the receivers were running and the throws that were being made, it was absolutely fantastic. I firmly believe that the Chiefs are going to win this one by at least seven points. Uh, Cam Newton said it himself last week. He didn't play very good. And when you find yourselves in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think for any reason Cam Newton's the type of guy that's going to be able to keep up. He's about a 59% career passer. Well, he's, he's converting at a much higher clip this year. But um, it's early. As you know, as I stated early on, I'm taking the Chiefs all year against the spread. Give me the Chiefs minus seven. Simple as that. So now, what was the the spread on the Baltimore game? Last week? The Chiefs were actually getting points. Yeah, they were plus three and a half, and you didn't take the points. You took the Ravens minus three and a half. No, I didn't. Oh, in the betting I did? Absolutely. I I thought they put out a lot better performance. Yeah. You absolutely did, sir. But I still won on I still won on the over on Monday night, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move into my lock of the week. So I actually have two again for you this week. Um, my are these first, two locks? Are these two locks, or are you just getting cocky on us? Uh, it could be a little bit of both, Mike. I'm feeling good about <laughs> it. I looked them up, um, and I like where I'm sitting. So I'm taking. Oklahoma, they were in control that game Saturday, and they pissed it away at the end. Uh, I think that was a home game that they played, and um, I think this week they're traveling on the road. We're going to come out and see some fireworks. I don't think Iowa State is a very good football team, so I like Oklahoma to win by more than a touchdown versus Iowa State. So you got Oklahoma minus the 6.5. Take that 6.5 to the bank. Yeah, Byron, I completely agree with you on this. I watched Iowa State play the University of Louisiana earlier this season, and it was a pretty closely contested game. I think despite Oklahoma losing last week, they're definitely on a level of their own. And look for them to bounce back strong this week. It's going to be a tough week at practice. Lincoln Riley's going to have them ready to go. Absolutely. Um, My other lock of the week, I'm going to take it to the NFL, and I'm going to take the Chargers versus the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are minus 7.5. Give me the Buccaneers. I didn't like what I saw 
from the Chargers last week. They got it given to them, and this is the first true road game for Justin Herbert as the starting quarterback for the L.A. Chargers. He has to go across country to take on Tom Brady and that hungry defense of the Buccaneers. So give me the Buccaneers minus the seven and a half. Take that to the bank. Give yourself a nice parlay, and then you can take your woman out to dinner Sunday or Monday night. Remember, Monday night, they typically run those specials. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I really like my picks this week, and I also really like your picks. And I'm considering getting off the podcast here in a few minutes and throwing all my money down on these right now. Hey, more power to you, my friend. More power to you. because. Uh, we're, we're getting pretty good at this. You know, we've been doing this for religiously now for about two years. You know, we're going into our second season. We basically did very well last year, you know, and uh, this year, I don't think it's going to do anything but steadily improve, Byron. Absolutely. And uh, to our fans out there, our listeners, anyone listening, tuning into the podcast, feel free to reach out to us from porch tailgate podcast at gmail.com. Um, give us some feedback or if you've got a take, reach out to us. We're happy to hear from you. Uh, with that said, Mike, let's move into our final take. You know, Byron, I don't want to get too crazy on the final take. It's something we've ranted and raved on plenty of times, but you know, Matt Patricia, they won the game on the road, the Lions, last week over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I guess my question to you really is, he's been on the hot seat. Does it cool off a little bit, and has he bought some time with this road win? Knowing who our ownership is, yeah, he may have bought himself another season. But in my eyes, no, that seat is still scorching hot. Uh, he and um, the GM, they're both on that hot seat in my eyes. They're probably more than likely going to get drubbed this week at home. So even if it did cool, it's probably going to scorch right back up. But yeah, I'd love to see at this point, I've been very disappointed in what I've seen from Matt Patricia. I've been a guy that said, hey, let's see what he's got. I've been a proponent of his trying to stay away from the turnover. But at this point, I feel like it's inevitable. No, I completely agree with you, and I, I I feel like you've stolen my notes, or you know maybe it's just a a, a case of two great minds thinking alike. But um, you know the Lions obviously took the rest of Sunday, Monday, you know, and probably today Tuesday to enjoy this victory. Come Wednesday, practice is back on, the pads are back on, and it's game time. Um, everybody from the ownership down to the front office to the fans, to the actual team um, are going to be focusing on this game coming up. And let me tell you right now, New Orleans has looked so bad that if the Detroit Lions go out there and make them look like the team that won the the Super Bowl back in, what, 2007, mm-hmm. and the Lions get blown out at home, I would not be shocked to see Matt Patricia specifically fired come Monday morning. I'd be interested. I, I I would find that a bit surprising if they did that, but we will ultimately. Why would, why, would that, why would that be surprising? They're gonna have they're gonna have a bye week to reassess their situation because coming up in week five. 
drive. It's the perfect time to do it. What we don't want to do is deal with this clown for the rest of the season. Let me tell you that. Yeah, but what you have to realize is that you're talking about the Detroit Lions and the Ford family. So the Fords are notoriously loyal. You saw them go through an 0-16 season and not fire the coach until after that season was complete. Um, I can't see them firing a coach after they've started the year one and three. Um, We'll ultimately see what happens. Sheila Hamp Ford is not the same as her mother, not the same as her father. She's more of a modern thinker. There's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a decision that doesn't come because of the ownership. This is going to be a decision that comes because Bob Quinn's going to be looking to save his job. He's going to fire Matt Patricia, Hmm. hoping he can get by. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see. We will see what happens. Um, Maybe they pull off a miraculous victory here against the Saints, and this is a moot point. But we will see. um, We'll see at this point. If they pull off a surprise victory against the New Orleans Saints, I'm going to spend the rest of Sunday night drinking myself into a stupor. (laughs) In In disbelief. Oh man! There's no way. There's no way this set of bums with this bum coaching staff can put together back-to-back victories after what I've seen the past few weeks. Before the season, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, I've drank so much Kool-Aid. I'm on the hype train. Lions are going to the playoffs." I mean, I was on. I was. I'm on recording saying this. You guys can find this stuff, okay? But. At certain points in time, when it comes to your analysis or your picks, you got to start being a realist. And realistically, this Detroit Lions team this season so far, including last Sunday, really, they've been shit. Yeah, but you've also come out and stated the same thing about Drew Brees, that he's basically done at this point. So if he is done, like you stated, they may have a shot at winning here. We'll ultimately see what happens, Mike. He he is done. He is done, but he didn't look done on Sunday. My faith in the fact that he's able to manage the game and continue handing it off and throwing it to Alvin Kamara. That guy played out of his mind the past few weeks, and they still played a pretty close game against the Green Bay Packers, who, in my opinion, is one of the better teams in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll ultimately see what happens in the days to come. I'm excited for it. Uh, I love football season. I love NBA playoffs. I love MLB playoffs. So I'm hoping to get back and catch the end of the game that's on tonight. So um, with that said, Mike, let's wrap this puppy up. All righty then. For you guys listening out there, we thank you so much for staying with us throughout the podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. It's available on any major platform. Connect with us on social media via Facebook or Instagram. We'd uh, love to mix it up with you there. Also, make sure throughout the shows, you're leaving your comments and questions in the chat box below. Um, We may host a watch party this week. I'm not sure because we're not going live. We'll find out. Also, make sure when you are watching the live stream to reach down, hit that share button and share it with your friends so they can enjoy it as well. Um, Byron, what do you have to say to our fans and all the people out there listening in? 
Absolutely. As always, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, rate, review. If you're watching live, comment, share. Um, more importantly, comment. We want your comments. We want your feedback. Uh, tag a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. If you don't like it, someone else will. As always, love you guys. Stay safe. Stay blessed. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Front Porch Tailgate.